Welcome to the Mindset Medicine Podcast. I'm Catherine Lucadu, and this week, usually I am the one speaking about mindset and motivation and growth strategies, but the tables have turned this week, and in fact, I'm going to be the one being interviewed by Aaron Martinez, who has the Real Estate Marketing Secrets Podcast. I was invited as a guest on his show, so We're going to play some bits and pieces of that recording where we talk about marketing, especially video marketing and what it can do for your business and your brand. We're going to talk about lead generation, sales, Facebook ads, and basically we're going to start from my story right from the beginning before I even got into real estate. And where did it all go? How did it lead me to where I am today? There is some great stuff in this podcast. I hope you enjoy. All right, guys, Aaron here, back once again for the Real Estate Marketing Secrets Podcast. And you guys already heard the intro. We have an amazing guest today, someone that I met a couple years back. And, you know, Facebook does its thing with throwing all of her content to me because she's so just like all over the place with it. I mean, in a good way, obviously. Um, but we have Mrs. Catherine Lucadu, and I said that correctly, right? You did. Oh my goodness! Well <laughs> I hear done. You, you, I hear you say it all the time. So it's uh, you know, I'm sure you get like. And Lucado that's the beauty and, of video, right? Is exactly. that people actually hear how to say your name too? Yeah. So it's super great to have you apart. Um, how, how's your morning so far? Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. Started with a swim at 6:30, and uh, that just sets me for the day. It's funny. I saw that. I saw that your uh, the picture of your your watch that you had <laughs> that you had there. So. Yeah, I was. You know what? I've been trying to beat my own records on my Apple Watch for like throughout this whole COVID, and uh-huh. then finally I was like, oh my god! All I've got to do is swim for thirty minutes, and my watch is like, boom! You've just got your exercise <laughs> for the day. And isn't so it so? Awesome. It's, isn't it so gratifying? Because I went to the gym this morning too. It's like you 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 reach that like you know achieve like goal achieved by like 7 a.m it's like this feels fantastic well it's that (laughs) but i also find that you're not competing against anyone else it's literally yourself you are competing Mm -hmm. against and that's what i love like i i keep trying to up the previous day's records yeah and that's the beauty of the uh, you know a lot of people are like oh you know the watch is telling me to stand up it's telling me but that's good because we need reminders throughout the day so i i love it yeah, hundred percent. So, I think just because we're going to touch on a lot of the you know the mindset stuff here here in a little bit because we, we were talking before uh, we started recording about just how important mindset is and you know you have a podcast as well just strictly about sure. mindset being you know the real estate marketing secrets podcast I, I just always love to start out these shows with because um, I think everyone has a unique story right like everyone is different and whether it's like you know we say like rags to riches or whatever that like background story is I think there's always like that tie-in when it comes to like how people got into real estate so. Maybe jump into kind of like your journey, like when you first got started, how did you get into real estate? And then we'll we'll just start there. Okay, well, my journey starts way before real estate, um, which probably led me not necessarily to real estate, but to a different career. So uh, I'm in Toronto and I finished a university. I didn't really have any goals and plans ahead of me. So I decided to apply to every country around the world to see if I could find a job anywhere but here. I just wanted to sort of get out and become independent at 22. Mm -hmm. So I actually got a job in the middle of the night. They called me at 4 a.m. Hey, do you want to come to Cyprus, which is a Mediterranean island below Greece? And do you want to come and teach here? 
two weeks later, I was on a plane. All I had was a chest that had a pillow in it, some clothes, and I had $700. That was it. Um, so got to Cyprus. I started teaching. Uh, I t found out very quickly that by the time I got there, she actually wasn't going to pay me a lot of money. So I had to get a second job teaching. Then I realized those two jobs together weren't going to pay my rent and food. So I got a third one, which was teaching English privately. I did that for many, many years. And um, then I got my master's degree in education and I started working at the university. And then 12 years ago, I was going to bed one night and um, it felt like I got into bed, I picked up my book and then all of a sudden the whole world was like, it felt like I was being crushed. And it's like those cartoons. And, and that's actually what came into my mind when it was happening. I felt like I was a cartoon and cement walls were crushing me. I called my husband, I got out of bed, and by the time he got to the room, my right arm was numb. I had read once that that's a heart attack, which I was 33 years old. I couldn't believe that, how could I possibly be having a heart attack at 33? I had a, a two-year-old, I had a seven-year-old. So I managed to crawl down my stairs. I met my husband at the car. I was literally on the ground, just because I just couldn't sit up anymore. So he found me on the ground beside the car. He put me in. I was awake the whole time, which normally my understanding is that most heart attack victims will pass out. So I'm awake. He's trying to get me to the hospital as fast as possible because I was in the countryside. There was no ambulance coming to save me. And I remember sitting in the car seat beside him and looking at him and I said, I'm going now. And he's like, no, you're not going anywhere. And I said, no, I feel I'm, I'm dying. I, I can feel myself dying. But then in my mind, I kept thinking to myself, no, I can't leave my two children. So we managed to get to the hospital. By that point, I've got every symptom of the heart attack. My chest hurts. I can't breathe anymore. The only doctor on duty that night was standing in the driveway, getting a breath of fresh air, and he happened to be the head of cardiology. So he gets a gurney, pulls me in, starts giving me everything possible. Automatically, he obviously deduces that I'm having a massive heart attack. So they put me into ICU. They cannot stabilize me. So for the next seven days, I've had every symptom. I keep having heart attacks. So every day I would have another one and I could actually feel them coming on when they were coming on. And so I would call the nurse. They would come give me more medication and stabilize me. By the Friday night, the surgeon comes into my room and he looks at me and his eyes are kind of watery and he says, um, he says, you're not making it till Sunday if this continues. He said, I can't do surgery on you if the heart attacks don't stop. He said, Catherine, I don't even know what to do. I've never had a 30-year-old, 33-year-old woman in here with your symptoms. So he leaves and I remember to myself, I remember I was, you know, I was on so many drugs and everything because they were trying to figure out what to do with me. I remember looking out the window and I kind of looked over sort of the top of buildings. And I remember thinking to myself, it can't end here. Like I'm 33 years old. I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. I haven't done anything. And that's when I realized like, there's just no way this is the end. Mm -hmm. Next morning, no heart attack. Next afternoon, no heart attack. So by Saturday night, he came back and he said, I don't know what's happened, but he said, we're, we're gonna do an angiogram and see what's going on. They did. I had four arteries blocked with blood clots. He said, we're putting you in on Monday morning and we are doing triple bypass. So what's interesting is we get to Monday morning and it's about 2 a.m. And they come in and they wake me up 
and they said, we have a problem. They said, we can't put you in for surgery in four hours because we realized we already have someone else booked. But he said, you won't make it through the day if we don't do this. So it's 2 a.m. You think most people in your ICU are sleeping, but there was a man who was in his 60s, I'd say. He was also waiting for bypass, but he was also on dialysis. And he was about uh, three beds down from me. We were, the room had uh, eight, I think six beds on one side, six beds on the other. And I was the only woman in there because typically women don't have these issues. So this man raises his hand and he calls the doctor over. He said, can you come here? And so the doctor walks over and he said, I want you to put her in my place at 6 a.m. And he said, if I don't make it, I'm okay with that. So I took his place at 6 a.m. I had the surgery. It lasted about 10 hours and then it was a long recovery. So then they send me home after two weeks. I'm home for a week and I have a stroke. So I go back into the hospital. They give me more medication and then they send me home. There's no rehab in Europe. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. They just send you home. You are scared to death. I mean, I, I, I was scared to leave the hospital. I was scared to go home. I didn't know if this was going to happen again. I've got two small kids. So now I'm just all in my head, right? Like, oh my God, am I going to die tomorrow? Because it wasn't today. And, and then you've got this recovery and they give you so much medicine. Mm -hmm. So within about three months, it was one big pity party for myself. And I, you know, maybe some of it was allowed, but at a certain point, it becomes too much that you're always scared. You're always upset. Why did this have to happen to me? Every morning I'd wake up and say, why did this have to happen to me? Why do I have to have a scar down my chest now? Why do I have to have a scar up my leg where they take the veins from? So then, um, you heard this in the talk that I gave when I was visiting there is we got Oprah once a month in that country and she's doing a show on a lady who's been through a traumatic experience. And this lady is talking about, you know, why me and why did this have to happen to me? And I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. And Oprah, everything was quiet. And Oprah just looked at her and said, why not you? What makes you more special than everybody else? And that's when it hit me. It's so true. You know, everyone goes through something. So why not me? We don't always understand why we have to go through such horrible things, but later on we do understand. So now, you know, people say to me, oh, I'll bet you wish that that never happened. And I say, no, I am so glad it happened because that's what changed my whole trajectory of the path I was gonna choose from then onward. So right after that, I looked at my husband and I said, okay, I've got another three months of recovery and I'm opening a business. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm opening a kid's indoor playground. I've always <laughs> wanted to do it. I found this 5,000 square foot dilapidated building. It, it, I mean, it was like you see in the movies with the spider webs and the cockroaches and mice and had yeah. everything in it, cleaned it up. And I, I made this huge, fantastic children's playground with um, 20 foot slides and all kinds of things and we catered parties. I did that for a year and a half, but I think it's just something that I had to do. I had to create something of my own and just know that I could do something in this foreign country where my Greek was sort of like half-half, wasn't great. I made some mistakes talking to people, um, but the point is I, I was able to do it. But I still had a lot of complications from the surgery. Uh, the, the medicine was making me so sick because I wasn't actually sick. I just, for some reason, I was that 1% of the population that has a heart attack. So my husband came to me and he said, you know what, why don't we try Canada? 
why don't, you know, for you, you're going back home and me, I'm willing to, you know, let's get the kids and let's move to Canada. So that's what we decided to do. This is my 12th summer back. We left and didn't have, we, we sold everything, which wasn't for a lot of money there. We basically had a little bit of money and we left with nothing, mm-hmm. came here and just started it all over again. So I get here, I'm teaching for a little while um, because it's what I know. So I got a job at the university here and then I decided this isn't what I want to do. There's got to be something else. My husband was working night shifts and I found this amazing channel on television and it was called HGTV. (laughs) And I saw real estate agents Uh. showing people three houses and they would choose one. I was like, I could totally do that. Uh So I decided that that's what I was going to do. I'm going to do real estate. So I got, I actually, we had, I had $5,000 left in my bank account. That's the money I needed to get my license. I studied like a fiend and because I was in education, I didn't find it very difficult. Mm -hmm. So got my license in about eight, nine months. And uh, then I joined uh, a brand, a big brand brokerage. And then that that was it. I, I was like, okay, now what? And there's no one to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. 12 years ago, there was no one to show me what to do. I had to figure this out. Now what? Because I've never been in sales. I've been teaching for 18 years. So what do you do? So that's what I had to figure out. Mm -hmm. I remember my interview with the manager. She, she said, you know, we'd we'd love to have you here as an agent. And uh, she said, so what's your goal? What's your goal for the year? And I said, I think it's $30,000 so I can put hardwood floors in my house. She's like, that's it? That's your goal? I said, yeah, that's my goal. (laughs) Okay. So um, I worked really hard. I, here's what I, you know, I I tell new agents is that I had no plan B. It was plan A and that was it. And it had to work because I had no more money. You know, I had to help to pay the bills in the house. We came with nothing. I didn't know anyone. So here I am in a town that I've never lived in. The only people living in this town are my parents and my uncle who owns a coffee shop. I have no sphere of influence. I have no friends. I've got nobody. So how do you start as a real estate agent in a town you've never lived in? That's what I had to figure out. And um, I did. And I ended up being the rookie of the year, my first year in real estate, and I made $100,000. So I put in my hardwood floors. And, <laughs> Three times and over. <laughs> I was, exactly. And then I was actually able to have a little bit of money to start real marketing. Because the marketing that I was doing, I was printing out calendars on Microsoft Word on colored paper, and I was handing them out door to door saying, would you like a free home valuation? And by the way, here's a calendar for your fridge. I mean, it was ridiculous, but it was all the money I had. Mm-hmm. And I had my kids with me. You know, a lot of people say, oh, but I've got small kids. I can't do it. You can do it because I've done everything with my kids in tow. And I still managed to make $100,000 my first year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot, a lot. Like there's so many like different, <laughs> like I wish we could have like two hours for this podcast because there's so many like small things well small slash like big things within the just the story and like where you come from that I mean that that make you who you are and and one of the the big things that I mean I feel like no matter what like there's always like people are always going through stuff like you said it right and especially I think it's it's so so relevant right now with just like how the times are now obviously we're recording this in in towards like the end of July of, of 2020 but like you know the the months before this was just 
this after this after this and like everything that you know for a lot of people their their world was crashing down essentially and but the the one part that that you touched on was like the why like why not you right Mm -hmm. it's it's so you know there's there's a lot of people that that run through that situation but you made the decision that like there is no other choice right it's like i'm going to do this and this is you know there's there's no other choice there yeah and i find that um i and this is where i say you you understand why you have to go through things. For example, during the pandemic now, I was able to get through it very easily because I've been to the bottom of what there is, you know? I lived in a country that's divided, which is occupied illegally by another country. So, you know, there were always times where the the bomb, the, um, the war alarm basically would go off because someone was doing something over the the line that they weren't supposed to cross. So I've, to me, yes, there's a pandemic going on, but you know, you're safe at home. You you know, you don't have these worries. You're, you're, you're healthy. Mm -hmm. You're healthy now. So you get to decide if you're going to stay healthy by wearing your mask, deciding where you want to go, deciding when you want to go, all of that stuff. So this is what I was able to tell my agents, you know, in the four months that they were home, I was able to give them that helpful mindset to help them keep going and not just completely shut down. Um, I want to touch on, because I'm sure a lot of people that, I mean, I love content as much as the next person. And I've, from mm-hmm. what we're finding, you know, a lot of real estate, because of what you touched on is like, there's really, obviously there's more now, like more content of like coaches, YouTube videos, like different mentorship programs and things like that. But let's touch on a little bit, maybe your first year within real estate, because your goal was 30,000, right? And, and we know yeah. the statistic of, you know, I think it's like every, or like 90% of agents quit after the first three years because of the inability to, you know, whether it is to brand themselves or, you know, bring in those, those sales and, and find clients. Um, mm-hmm. But let's talk about that first year in real estate. So what do you think that maybe like differentiated you? Like what was like your, your I guess, maybe decision-making process and things that you did differently to, to see that success? So it's definitely insatiable curiosity and consistency. These two things. And I say this because the first open house I ever did. Now, don't forget, all I do is watch my favorite show on HGTV and how real estate agents sell houses. So I'm thinking that that's how it's done. So I walk into my first open house and there I am with my clipboard and I've got questions. So the first couple walk into the house and I say to them, can you picture yourself in your dream home? Is this your dream home? And I'm starting to ask questions like, what are the things that you'd like to see in your dream home? And they both looked at me and they said, this is the first open house you've ever done, isn't it? <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. They called you out. So <laughs> and they were the first guest in the house. Oh so, man. I remember standing there and because I had been in education for 18 years, I was the person at the front of the class teaching. Uh-huh. Here I am thinking, oh my God, I don't have a clue. I'm going based off of TV. I tell <laughs> the students not to do these things. So that's when I decided that I was going to keep learning. I was going to learn everything that there was to learn about real estate. I was Mm going to learn how to do it. I was going to learn the strategies. I was going to learn how to market. And at that time, 12 years ago, it was limited amounts of information that we could get on the internet. There were limited books available. You know, Gary Keller had written a book and there were a few other people who had. So what I would do is being this person who's always been in education and research and stuff, I took all this content 
and I just started absorbing it like a sponge. Okay, so this is how I could do an open house. Here are some strategies I could use. And that's what I did. I literally implemented whatever I was learning. And slowly, it was beginning to work, but at the same time, it was beginning to piss off the agents who were working in the office. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden, I'm getting more listings, then I'm getting more buyers. Now all of a sudden, she's rookie of the year. Where did she come from? Someone must be feeding her leads. That's what mm -hmm. everyone kept saying at the time. And so now you have an office culture that, you know, when they say, don't worry about what other people say, but when you're the first year in the business, you are concerned, you know, it does make you feel uncomfortable. But I still kept going because my end goal was to pay bills. It really wasn't worrying about what other people were saying about me. I had bills to pay. So I just kept doing what I knew how to do, which was communicate with people. I had tried the cold calling. I sat in an office. I had my list of 100 names and I would call them. And at the end of it, I swear I wanted to cry. I was like, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. It put me outside with people and that's where it worked much better. So I found that for my first couple of years in real estate, open houses were my superpower mm -hmm. because that's where I was actually able to connect with people. They'd feel comfortable with me. I was just having conversations. I was just so glad to talk to people because don't forget, I don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was just, you know, maybe I was a bit of an anomaly to these people walking into these open houses because I was like, tell me about yourself. Tell me where you live. Like, just tell me something, talk to me. But it worked because that's where I started my client base um, the other thing that I learned was follow-up. Mm -hmm. So when you have no sphere of influence and you grab these few names that are coming into the open houses, that's your lifeline. You know, when you're creating a database, I had nothing else to go with. So for me, follow-up was really important because I would mm -hmm. follow up like a fiend. I used to tell people, I used to follow up until they would tell me to F off and die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm going and going and going. So it, it really kept, and it helped me build my business because there was no plan B and it was consistency. I would, without understanding the, the, the item of value and things like that, I always just wanted to help people. So I would send out emails with tips. Um, I remember about seven years ago, I did little videos, which no one was sending out videos and it was hard to even send a video in an email because yeah. we didn't have these platforms to make it easier. But I would try anything, anything I had read in these books. And then all of a sudden YouTube videos started coming out. That's what I did. And I just never stopped until today. I will keep learning and growing so that I can now help others mm -hmm. in what they're doing. Yeah. I'm going to call you out a little bit because I remember in the in the uh, the presentation that you did, you shared your first live video of the uh, the tripping. So I'm gonna, we're, this is also gonna be a video as well. So if you don't mind, I'd yep. love to share that. Cause I think it's it's sure. a really good progressive yeah. progression for a lot of people that are like, I'm scared to be on video and I don't wanna yeah. mess up. But it's like, that's that's what people connect with, right? It's, it's not it the, it it's is. not the like perfectly buttoned up like content that has a million transitions and titles and lower thirds and all these things. It's, it's the real person. That's why people love yes. HGTV. All right, let's roll the clip. Hello everyone, happy Sunday. We are here in the Toronto beaches area. I am going to be having an open house in about five minutes, but I thought I would give you the VIP tour before it even starts. This is a gorgeous three plus one. Let me show you, here we are. Beautiful three plus one bedroom home with six car parking. Hello. 
lots of people walking by looking at me thinking I'm really funny. So, this is the front. Oh, shoot. Not good for video. <laughs> so, let's go on up and I'll show you the home. All right, back to the interview. Um, I think this is actually a really good segue into maybe some of the content that you were you were finding that was working best. So I think that's, and you probably get a lot too because you do the coaching stuff, is Catherine, what type of content should I be making, right? As broad as a question as it is, like if someone comes to you with that question, what is usually like maybe your go-to of, of, you know, this is what you should focus on? So my go-to is always, what do you want to create? So, you know, you are an independent business person. And this is what I have to remind people, you're not an employee, you're an independent business. What kind of a brand do you want to create for yourself? Do you want to be seen as, you know, this highballer who all they do is transaction after transaction? Do you want to create relationships with people? Do you want people to respect you? What do you want? So first it's just trying to get a focus. Sometimes people don't know. They're like, I don't know. I've never done this before. So I say, okay, well then here's the first place to start. And this is where I start all the agents who join my brokerage and my coaching clients. If we're going to start from step one, then we're going to start doing video. And of course my next, you know, thing is, I know you don't want to do video because nobody feels comfortable doing video. I know I didn't based on that video that you're going to show. Um, it is uncomfortable and it's mostly uncomfortable because people are going to watch you. They're going to hear you. And then you have to watch yourself back and hear what you sound like. But what you've got to learn is that none of that matters. If you have a goal and you need to reach that goal, then your fear of how you look and your fear of how you sound should never trump your end goal, which is to help support your family. And you know, I often say to people, when your kids come and let's say your child wants to join um, soccer or a, a baseball or ballet or go on a vacation and you say, no, sorry, mommy was too scared to do video and pick up new clients. So we're just gonna stay home and do nothing. You know, like have a larger goal than, than your fear because that's what's gonna help you do it. So I had, um, I decided in year five that I was gonna get a coach and a mentor because although I was doing really well in real estate, I was, I was making the same amount of money for three years in a row. And I am that person that has to keep growing. And so when you begin to do the same thing three years in a row and you just can't seem to pass that threshold, it's time to find someone to help you. So that's what I did. And um, this man, his name is John Cheplak. He, he said to me, you know what, you've got to try video. And I said, you're crazy. I do not <laughs> want to try video. He, I was like, people at my office already don't like me. And now you want me to put myself now on I'm about video? to blast it all over Facebook. <laughs> so he's like, no, it, it's, it's, you know, he explained to me because I'm that person that needs to understand why. Mm -hmm. So he explained about para, parasocial behavior and that when people get to know you on a video screen in front of them, then they begin to know you, like you, trust you. And then they're going to feel like they've already experienced you before they've even, you've even walked into their homes. So I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try this video thing for one year. I commit. And if I say I'm going to commit, I'll commit to it. I'm going to commit one year. He said, you're going to do four videos. Those are the main things that are going to get people to get to know who you are. So I said, okay. Um, so the four videos were a market update, an open house video, 
a business spotlight. And then your fourth one was sort of like up in the air, whether you wanted it to be a tip, whether you wanted to highlight an area around your town, whether it was just maybe you're just showing who you are and you're at home and whatever the case is, but there's got to be four going out. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. And um, I'm a, I'm normally not a procrastinator, but I was so deathly scared of doing video that I let the first one um, actually be this stupid one where I'm standing in a shower and the shower is off and I'm explaining why there is this lower faucet at the bottom of a shower. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but that was my first one because I was, I was too scared to do a market update. Uh -huh. I thought people would call me out if my numbers were wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was other people's opinions that stopped me from doing the video that actually launched the new growth of my career. So I got enough courage. This, this was October that the video was suggested to me. It took me till the end of January to finally get up enough courage to go outside in minus 18 degrees in the snow, put my tripod in a phone and finally record a market update. I did that. Um, I promoted it on Facebook for $50 because it's January. Who has money as a real estate agent in January? Yeah. And um, a week later, I get a phone call. This man says, hey, I saw this video that you did. He's like, I've never seen a real estate agent in this area do a video. So we're going back five and a half years now. Mm -hmm. So people weren't doing that many videos on Facebook. He said, would you come over and give me a price? I, I did a listing presentation for him. They hired me to sell their home. So now I'm moving on to video number two because now I've got to do an open house video. So I do the open house video. I promote that one on Facebook for $48 for about two weeks. I get about 30 people into that open house in minus 20 in January. Of those people, I got eight prospects who over the next four months all bought real estate with me. I made $100,000 off of $98 ad spend say and that, two videos. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a pretty good ROI. <laughs> I'd say so. So here I'm thinking, right? So now you're sitting back going, hmm, maybe this video thing's got something, right? Uh -huh. So now I've got to move on to video number three, which is a business spotlight. So I decide that that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna spotlight the most popular places in the town where I live in. I'm gonna highlight but, but I'm not just gonna stand outside. I actually wanna talk to the business owners. I want them to tell me their story. Where were you before you opened this, um, this shop? What were you doing? One of the most watched ones was a food truck because you, know, you see these food trucks and you're like, yeah, whatever. So this lady was selling French fries from her food truck in a, a plaza shopping mall. So I said, hey, can I, can I interview you? She said, sure, absolutely. So I find out that she was the CEO um, on the equivalent of the Toronto Wall Street. And she decided that it was too stressful. It was stressful on her family. Her hours were bad and she had always wanted to own a food truck. So she decides to launch this business plan and create a food truck. So this is what I realized is that everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna go and highlight people's stories. So of course, here's what happens when you do video. It, there's a snowball effect because people have watched my videos now. So I'm doing market updates. I've been doing them for about four months. Then I'm doing open houses. So they're seeing me there, but now they get to see you as a person who lives in the community, who's now giving back and highlighting someone else, not yourself. It's not about me, 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 the real estate agent anymore. Mm -hmm. So what happened is after I launched that video of that food truck, 
I wake up one Sunday morning and I see my name. It says that someone has, um, has tagged you in a tweet. So I read the tweet and it's from the mayor of the town. And he says, <laughs> thank you, Catherine Lucadu, for highlighting um, and spotlighting businesses in our town. We appreciate it. So that's when I realized, okay, this is getting you know, some leverage here. It's working, people are watching. Mm -hmm. So fast forward another about eight months and now I get a call from one of the councillors in town who says, more people are watching your videos than we can get to watch ours. So will you come and highlight some of the events that we're doing? Um, they were doing a groundbreaking and then they were opening up um, a kid's place for after school and so on. So I started doing that. And, and then this is what happens. It just starts snowballing one after another where my original goal when I started video was to stop wasting money on postcards. I was wasting so much money sending postcards, sending these two dimensional things that have no personality. People don't know what you're like. And I needed to find a way to bypass the garbage cans because people would go to their mailbox, take it out and then put it in the garbage that was beside the mailbox. Yeah. How do you bypass <laughs> all that? You go straight into their living room on their phone where they are all the time. And how do you do that? You do it through social media, but especially Facebook because now a video gives you life. People get to hear you, see you knew how to, to pronounce my name. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> exactly. But what I didn't realize is exactly how powerful it is. You know, we have targeting on Facebook and, and maybe we're going to talk about this in a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, my targets were always people who were in the, the home buying phase. So maybe, you know, 26, 27, 28 years old and up. So one day I go into the supermarket and I'm going to go in and get a platter of sandwiches for my brokerage and, you know, to treat my agents for one day at lunch. So the girl behind the counter is about 18 years old and she takes my order. She said, you know, what would you like? I told her what I wanted. She said, okay, please give me your name. I gave her my name. So then she says, your phone number. And I said, it's 416-550. And she looks at me and she says, oh my God, 3644, you're Catherine. <laughs> And I said, yeah, she's like, I watch your videos. That's so and funny. She wasn't in my target market, but they had somehow found her. Uh -huh. But this is the power of it is that when you keep saying the same thing over and over, you know, it's like a night. If I ask someone, you know, what's the Nike logo? What's Kit Kat? Because you hear it and have seen it for so long. It's exactly the same thing for your normal person who lives in a community. If you can remain consistent. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because, um, you know, there's there's some there's a lot of people actually locally, um, you know, Chantel, she's like one of the main reasons why, like, I've known her for, well, not known her personally, but like, I've known her for a really long time because of her jingle, right? Yes. Like, since I was like 14, like, I was literally when I when I first moved here, it was like, I was hearing it. And then obviously getting to work with her was was it was all super surreal. But it's like, you can't forget that jingle. Right. So whether it's the, you know, the, the phone number, or you saying your name or like it's a tagline, like whatever it is, you know them yeah. for a reason. That's um, right. So I think like being able to, yeah, just staying consistent with it. So touching on that, the, the part of like consistency, because what you were saying and, and I think where a lot of people really kind of fall off is they don't expect it to take as long as it does, right? For you, be, I think you're in an interesting spot because you, you know, you did, you were doing something that nobody else was doing. Yes. Right now, you know, it's, it's yes. a little bit, 
I mean, there's still not a lot of people that are doing it, so I still think yeah. it's a blue ocean, but yes. um, what is like maybe a, a tip that you would give to somebody or like word of advice that's like, you know, Catherine, I've been posting videos for like two months and I'm just not seeing the success with it. Like, what would you say to that person? Can I give you an example? Because yeah, um, one of the agents in my brokerage, he joined uh, my very first year opening the brokerage. He said, I've been following you on social media. Perfect. So he came in. He had had his real estate license for about six years, and he had only ever done about $30,000 in a good year in those six years. So he said, do you think you can help me? I said, I know I can help you. All I need to you to do is just follow what I say. He's like, okay, I am totally into this. All right. So I actually started him right away on market updates. I said, here's, he's like, but, but nobody knows me in my area. No one's ever even seen me. I said, don't you worry. We're going to fix that. So we did a, a market update. And I said, I'd like you to do it on video. And I showed him exactly because there is a format that works really well. So I explained the format to him, how to present it, practiced a couple times. He recorded it. I said, now what I'd like you to do is at the very same time, you're going to let that video run for a week and you're going to target the neighborhood. And then you're going to door knock that neighborhood with a market update on paper. So that's what he did. He, he would door knock. The first month he went around, some people opened their doors, some people kind of peeked through. And I said, don't worry. By month three, I promise you they will be opening their doors. Lo and behold, by month three, people are opening their doors. He got two listings in that neighborhood. He then got buyers from those listings and it began to, to start. And I just kept telling him, just remain consistent. Keep doing the videos month after month and keep door knocking so that they can see, if they see you on the video and then they see you at their door. They see you on video, they see you at their door. And then all of a sudden they feel like they know who you are. He ended the year at $125,000. He had gone from 30 to 125,000 in his first year with me. Because it's not rocket science, it's consistency. And it's knowing exactly what you need to do to get the right results and the effect that you want. And the effect is to get people to know you, like you, and trust you, but they need time to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's huge. And being able to, yeah, you're hitting on all those mediums. And it's such a, you know, we were talking about this before too, and, you know, shooting some shot, shooting some shots at, uh, you know, traditional media of like, you can pay a couple thousand dollars to, you know, put your things out on the radio or TV, not knocking them. But at the end yeah. of the day, it's, they're, they're a lot harder to track, you know, not only that, but it's like, who yeah. are, like who's watching those, you know, it's that. And what I've realized it, the secret sauce of all of this is to have it all work for you. I, I too have, I've got, um, you know, what they would call like a bus bench. So I have some bus benches that are in town with, you know, my information on them, but Here's what my, my goal was for people to not know where they've seen me, but to see me everywhere, mm -hmm. you know? So see me on the bus bench, then see me on your phone, then see me in the newspaper, then see me in your mailbox. And it was, where have I seen her? But then what would happen is when I went on listing presentations, they would say to me, I see you everywhere. And I'd say, bingo, I just achieved my goal. Mm -hmm. You think you see me everywhere, but you don't. Yeah. So that and was the idea. Yeah, and that's super powerful because it's like, you know, you, I'm sure you get this question all the time. It's like, you know, Catherine, Aaron, like how I'm a real estate agent, like how can I separate myself from everybody else? Because, I mean, I, I don't want this to come off negatively, but I always give this example. It's like right now I can throw a rock and hit five real estate agents, right? It's like there's there's so many out there. So when you are able to 
you know, and then you, you talk to the client, right? You're at a listing presentation and they're like, well, you know what, Aaron, like what different, like what makes you different, right? When you are in all those places, that, that question is alleviated, right? Yes. They no longer question your authority. They, they no already know question. you're different, which is why they've called exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's so powerful in, in, in a lot of different ways. So I think the, um, you know, because we like to talk about like specific strategies and things like that, and you said you were going to touch on it. Um, you know, targeting for some of these videos, especially because, yeah. you know, we, we focus a lot on like just lead generation. Like that's kind of like what we focus on and there is some yeah. branding there, but from mm -hmm. someone that does focus mostly on branding, like what are you seeing in terms of like the best strategies for, I guess, maybe someone that does want to start creating videos? So I have three. Um, and I use this with all my agents and it works like a charm. So you have to do a video because video is what travels the fastest and it is the most viewed on Facebook. Facebook loves videos because Facebook wants people to stay on Facebook and engage and I really like what they're doing. So once you've posted a video, let's say a market update, um, it should be shared to groups. You should belong to at least 20 local groups. You shared into those groups. So here's what we're doing. We're fooling the, the Facebook algorithm. We're, we're showing Facebook that we can get all these organic views through all these groups. And Facebook now thinks that everyone loves your video. So that's when you then make it an ad and you're going to target. Now, I actually don't, I, I do two types of ads. The first one, I once I've been doing, let's say I'm a new agent, the very first time I'm gonna target my radius around where I live, and then I'm going to do a second one where I actually target a larger area because right now we don't know who's looking for a property. If I, Facebook has removed a lot of the targeting that we used to do because of various reasons. So I actually do a large, um, a large radius and then a very small targeted one, which would be their farm area. Those two are going out. I want them at the end of that month to collect all those views and now they're going to make a custom audience the, the next month with those views and a new lookalike audience. So now you're creating a bigger audience. And then what we do is every month we just keep stacking each of those custom audiences one on top of another. So here's this person that no one has ever watched their video and at the end of the year they now have 50,000 people in this targeted custom audience who watch their videos. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, and this is what it is. It's, it's like a snowball effect. It, it grows and it grows and it grows, but now you have more eyes. So then we take that video and we can send it out in our email database. And that I find is very, very powerful. I just this year, I've had three listings off of people who have been receiving my emailed video updates for over eight years. They watch them every oh, month man. for eight years so when i say like follow up forever it's literally follow up forever because <laughs> exactly the beauty of that is when they first um joined my database their home was worth about four hundred thousand. the house that i just sold two months ago uh was worth 1.1 million so yeah i didn't do anything but send out automated emails with my videos for eight years mm -hmm. but you know it's worth it in the end. Yeah, I mean, they don't say the fortune's in the follow-up for uh, for no reason, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you have to do the work, you know? It doesn't mm -hmm. come naturally. You can't just do the video and post it to Facebook and think that somebody out there is going to call you. It doesn't work like that. 
you've got to follow a system of processes. There has to be a strategy attached to it for anything to work. Mm -hmm. 100%. And you have, I'm sure you have like obviously that that strategy for for some of the coaching stuff that you do. So I think that's a that's a good segue because I want to make sure that like you know, there's a lot of people. I'm the very same way in terms of like I don't consider myself to be an expert in everything. Right, so I want to make sure that like there are experts in the things that I want to be an expert in as well, and I'm going to find those people. I'm going to you know hire them and or, you know pay them to be right. like, okay, help me help me cut the line a little bit. Um, so touch on a little bit of like the the coaching stuff that you do because I, I think you said you you do you know video training and 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 things like that. So touch on that a little bit. So video sometimes comes into the mix. I I do have you know I I teach um, entrepreneurs, business owners, and real estate agents. Sometimes video is in there. I am not a person who's gonna push you. If you really don't wanna do video, then you'll never do it naturally. Because mm -hmm. if you don't like what you're doing, you're not gonna do it well. So, you know, whoever comes to me and you know, they wanna grow and everything, I will suggest video. Um, sometimes I strongly suggest it. And if they say, no, I, I actually will not, then, then we will start with all the other strategies that they could do to start building their business. So we're gonna talk about branding. We're gonna talk about posting on Facebook properly, um, you know, whether it's a, a static post or maybe you're going to share something. How do we do that? How do you get your profile to look complete? And, you know, is your profile consistent across all the platforms, all mm. of these things. So, and it's all about what image do you want to create as a business person? You know, whether you're a real estate agent, whether you're an entrepreneur, you, you have a brand image that you want to portray to people. What is that brand image? What do you want people to know about you? The other thing that I teach them is that, you know, we have a business page because we have to have one to be able to do a Facebook ad and we have our personal page. Back when I first started on Facebook, let's say doing ads and things, your business page was your business page, your personal page was your personal. But I tell people now, mix them up because there is not one person out there who's going to get to know you just on your personal, on your business page. They want to know what you're doing at home. They do not care what house you just sold. They want to know that you're selling houses, but though they really want to know is what you ate for dinner. And people think that I'm crazy when I tell them this. <laughs> But I mean, there's. Can I tell you a story about this? Yeah. And and it's it really drives the point home. So, I got called off of one of my videos, right? And so, and this lady has been on my business page, but she also friended me on my personal page. So she's been watching my videos. She said, "Would you come over and uh, give me a price for my home?" I said, "Sure." I arrive at the door. She's standing at the door with her phone in her hand. She said, "Would you take a selfie with me?" And she's like, I watch you all the time. And I was like, okay, this is really strange at a listing appointment, but yes, yeah. sure. So we take a selfie. She then brings me to her kitchen. The table is laid out with brunch. She's got croissants, she's got fruit, she's got hams. And then she says to me, I know from your page that you don't drink coffee, so I have tea and Perrier for you. This is me going to give a price on someone's house and they oh laid out goodness. a buffet for me. I could not believe it. But this would never have happened had I not started doing video. And this is the thing, is just get past the fear because when they say that amazing things are beyond fear, they really are. I mean, I could never have imagined that video would lead to so many different things and the amount of people who now know who I am in the community. I go to the supermarket with a hat and glasses on so that people don't 
stop me. And because and, sometimes you just don't want to talk to people on a Sunday morning, right? Yeah. But it's, it's at that point where people will recognize me, where I'm going. And it is wonderful, but you know, sometimes you, you don't want to be recognized. Mm-hmm. But, but my goal was accomplished. But what I also understand is that if I stop, it will all go away. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so consistency and not giving up on it is really, really important. Even the months that I didn't feel like doing it, I did it because I know what the results are if I keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Um, one of the questions like that I usually end with is like, give us an interesting or like maybe not like a horror story, but like an interesting story. But I think that <laughs> I, think I think that, that. takes <laughs> the cake for uh, for this one. But um, but yeah, yeah. Catherine, I want to be respectful of your time. I think we're definitely gonna have to have you back on because I want to like touch uh, like specifically just on mindset because like what we were talking about before, I think it's it's super important. But for those of you that are watching on the, the video version, I'm gonna have in the description of this, just all of Catherine's links, how to find her actually where, um, what are some of the best ways that um, people can get in contact with you about coaching or just if they want to say, hey. Okay, so my coaching is on Facebook. Um, I have a lot of content there, which is CatherineLucaduCoaching.com. Oh, sorry, um, at CatherineLucaduCoaching, which is the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. But CatherineLucaduCoaching.com, I actually have courses. I even have a six-part video course if people want to start off with baby steps. And um, I have a podcast. So I started a podcast right before the pandemic began. I thought it would be great for people's mindset, as you mentioned. So that's called Mindset Medicine, and that is on all platforms. It's on um, Google, Spotify, Apple. It's on all of them. So that's that's you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram, and I don't hide the name. It's either Catherine Lucado Coaching or it's Catherine Lucado Broker. I'm at one of those. Perfect. Yeah, I just recently shared one of your videos too. So if you guys have me on Facebook, Aaron Martinez on there, you can find, just scroll through some of those posts. I'll leave everything in the show notes as well as in the, the descriptions on, we're going to post it everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. So um, Catherine, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Like I said, thank we're going to have to come, uh, you know, have you back um, here soon. And then go check out her, her Mindset Medicine podcast. I've listened to basically every single one of them. And it's like, it's a really good way to get kind of in the mindset of like, okay, just it's time to get stuff done today. So yeah, anyway, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. If you have any questions for us, obviously reach out to me, Aaron at reagentgrowth.com. And we'll see you in the next episode.